this is amazing to me. You know, most of the time people looking on podcasts, they can see outside, and I know that there's people in Florida and people in uh, Texas that watch our, our services. And um, so, hi, Mom. You know, <laughs> it's not just Mom, though, right? Um, I, I told you there was a lady down in Florida. I met her, and, oh, she goes, oh, I know who you are. She gave me a big hug. She says, uh, you, you preach at Life Spring Bible Church. She said, I'm, every time you preach, I watch it. Well, that's humbling, you know. That's humbling. And I, I wanted to say Merry Christmas to everybody who might be watching and let you know you loved and cared for, and thank you for listening to the Word. We like to teach the Word here. Amen? That's my calling. I'm a pastor, and I'm a teacher. I say that humbly, but if it's the truth, I might as well say it. I understand my calling. All right, John chapter 1. We're going to read the first 18 verses, and you've never, you've probably never heard this read as a Christmas message, but I think it's, it's now time that we, we, we understand that this is a great a great Christmas message. Help if I turn this over. There we go. Now I'll quit turning off. All right. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. In the beginning was the Word. Say that with me. In the beginning was the Word. One more time. In the beginning was the Word. Now say it like you mean it. In the beginning was the Word. Before anything else ever existed, the Word was there. In the beginning was the Word. And this is John. Remember this. I want you to keep this captioned in your heart and mind. For whatever reason, Jesus felt a very strong fondness for John. He loved John's spirit. He loved John's way that he conducted himself, his life. There was something special about John that made Jesus love him differently. I'm not going to say more. I'm not going to say better. But he loved John differently. All right. In the beginning was the Word. This is what John calls Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. I love that. The darkness has not overcome the light, no matter what you think, no matter what you see on television. Amen? The darkness has not overcome the light. Verse 6, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He's talking about John the Baptist. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, not John the Baptist. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Is that just me? Okay. You know, I looked up at you for reassurance. I wanted to make sure it wasn't just in my head. Verse 13. Well, at least I get to hear myself preach. Verse 13. Okay, it wasn't there and then it was there. Okay. 
let me say this while I can double up on you. Listen to me carefully now. The devil don't want this preached. The devil don't want you to hear this. But we're going to hear it. Amen. Verse 13. Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Oh, yeah. Praise Jesus. <laughs> and listen to this. This is the portion of Scripture that's so very important. I'm so excited about this. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That's Christmas. That's the real meaning of Christmas. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That's Christmas. Amen? And we have seen His glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John the Baptist, I'm going to put that in there. John the Baptist bore witness about Him and cried out. This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. He was before everybody. Amen? For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. Listen to this. Those words sound a little confusing. You know, this and he says that. and It it sounds a little confusing, but it's not really. We're just going to keep it simple. Amen? Just the way God wants it kept simple. Listen to this. Before I say another word, you know, when I'm witnessing to people, I have to explain to them, you know, one of the first first things you've got to have faith is in is the Word of God. Because I'm going to tell you what he said. And if you don't exercise faith and believe that that this is words he said, I'm going to do you any good. Got to have faith, amen? I'm not going to twist the word. I'm not going to misshape it. I'm not going to try to bend it for you. I'm just going to give it to you the way the Lord wants you to have it, amen? Now, in a synopsis form, this is a Christmas message of particular truths about Jesus Christ. Keeping it simple, amen? You know, I kind of I chose this text with some fear and trembling. I was concerned, God, am I going to be able to get across to your children, your people, the gist of this message in a way that we don't confuse people and we don't discourage people and we don't, you know, and you know what the Holy Spirit told me? No. <laughs> it's a simple no. Am I going to confuse people? Am I going to call? No. The Holy Spirit just said no. Amen? No. Just give it the way I give it to you. I like this passage of Scripture for two reasons. One, it's the greatest Christmas passage. covers it in a synopsis form that we've ever seen. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. You know, it's these great truths. Jesus came down. He was born, born in this earth as a man. He came down. He lived a life. He died on the cross for my sins, amen, was resurrected from the dead, and then he ascended back where he came from. Simplest message that you could ever get a hold of, amen? And the Bible says he's at the right hand of the Father, and he's making intercession for me right now. Folks, I say this. I don't mean to be callous, but I say it to you probably every week. I don't care what you're going through. I care 
But then again, I don't care. The answer is still the same. Jesus Christ is still the answer. Amen? Jesus Christ is still the answer. And if that's not good enough for my faith alone, if that's not good enough, you read in the Word of God that Jesus has ascended to the Father, is seated at his right hand, and he is making intercession for me even now. So what is he doing? Father is right there with him, and he's praying for me. And he's praying for you. Amen? And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. This is the meaning of Christmas. God has come into the world, born of a virgin, in the person of Jesus Christ. The, the next reason why I chose this passage of Scripture is that the te- of text is because it's so full of, of different types of truths about Jesus Christ that we desperately need to know and embrace. If we can start in our Christian experience by learning the truths in the first chapter of John, we're, we're going to be better off. Amen? This is especially important today because even the major, listen to this. I was watching news the other day. I'll put it in my own words. I was watching on the news, and I like to kind of pick up on where we're at in the end times. You can do that by watching the news sometimes. The Bible will already tell you, and then the news will kind of confirm for you that God knew what he was talking about in his word. Amen? There were Muslim leaders that were talking in this news deal, and several of them mentioned Jesus Christ. Muslim leaders were talking about Jesus. They were on American news talking to still a predominantly Christian country, and they were mentioning Jesus. Why? By his points. Listen to me carefully. I'm going to read this the way I wrote it. This is especially important today because even the major non-Christian religions of the world are speaking these days as though they esteem and honor and in some sense believe in Jesus. But be careful. You hear this, especially these days from Muslim leaders who want to draw the fact that they even honor Jesus Christ more than we do because they don't think God would allow him to suffer the death of a criminal on a cross. They believe that no man could have gone through what Jesus did if he wasn't special. That's what they say about him. And they sound like they're honoring him, but they're not. They're preaching a different Christ, and the Word of God warns us against that. Anybody preaching in a Christ other than this one of the Word of God, don't listen to it. So it's crucial that Christians know Jesus Christ very well and can tell the difference between the Christ of the Bible and the Christ which other religions claim to honor. Can you say amen? So what I would like to do with this great paragraph in John about Jesus Christ written by one who knew him on earth more intimately than most, the Apostle John, is to point out and explain over five takeaways concerning the word made flesh, and then contrast two starkly different responses that, might, that any person might give to him today. My aim is that we might see him for who he is and be moved to draw closer to him as the Lord, as our Lord and our God. My Christmas prayer is that we will embrace him in a more intimate way and treasure him and delight in him and follow him and display him more than we ever have in our lives before. First, you need to look at verse 17. 
Verse 17 says, For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Look at it. Jesus was the name Joseph was told to give to the child by the angel of the Lord because it means Savior. In Matthew 1, chapter 19, An angel of the Lord appeared to him, to Joseph, in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Christ was the title that, ref that referred to the long-awaited king of the Jews who would give victory to the people and bear the government of the world on his shoulders. In 1 John 1, when Andrew, Peter's brother, told him that he met Jesus, he said these words in 1 John, or John 1, We have found the Messiah. And John added these words. It says, we have found the Messiah. But John said, and John adds, which means Christ. Not just Messiah, he's a Savior. So the person we're speaking of in these verses is known in the Bible and throughout the world as who? Jesus Christ, our Savior, our Deliverer. Amen? And all kinds of other things that go with that. And each name carries tremendous meaning. He is Savior and King. Now look at this. I, I've got another name for him. It's a three-part deal. Word made flesh. Word made flesh. I, I use it in my thinking as a title for Jesus. Word made flesh. John called him the Word. And we always see that in, we use it in, in, uh, correctly with a capital W, right? The Word. It's an official title for Jesus, the Word. The Word made flesh existed as God and with God before he was born as a man on the earth. I know that, that this may sound like it's bogging down a little bit, but follow with me. Am I, are you, do I still have you? I still got you? Watch this with me. Look again at verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The problem that many people have with the Word of God is they approach the Bible with mere human logic. You cannot do it. You will fail, and you will miss God if you try to, to apply human logic to the Bible because I'm going to tell you what goes wrong. This is a perfect example. There have always been groups who have resisted the mystery implied in these two phrases. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. If you apply logic to that, you'll fail. Why? They say, in their bondage to human logic, you can't have it both ways. Either he was God or he was with God. If he was with God, he wasn't God. And if he was God, he wasn't with God. Do you understand what I'm saying? You can read this in the Bible used by the Jehovah Witnesses. I'm not here to pick on anybody. I'm just here to tell you there's examples out there. Jehovah Witnesses looked at this verse of Scripture and said, well, that can't be. That can't be true because you're either God or you're with God. And you can't be both. Yes, you can. How many times have I told you, Father can do anything he wants to do, especially if it astounds you and me or stumps the logical people of the world. So, there are people who say either he was God or he was with God. If he was with God, he wasn't God. And if he was God, he wasn't with God. So to escape the truth of these two sentences, sometimes they changed the translation, and Jehovah Witnesses did. So that it reads, and this is exactly a word-for-word -word quote from their 
Bible. I'm a mean man, ain't I? I mean, I love Jehovah's Witnesses. I want them all to end up going to heaven. Amen? But I don't care whether it's Jehovah's Witness or you or whoever it is. If we don't believe the Word of God, we cannot go. Now, that's not me being mean or cruel. It's just me being honest. Amen? Watch this. So to escape the truth of these two sentences, sometimes they change the translation as the Jehovah's Witnesses do. So that it reads this. The Word was with God and the Word was a God with a little g. Now, I, I love hearing the response in this room. You know that's dangerous. You know that, or you wouldn't go, ooh, right? You wouldn't do that. You, 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 you know the truth, don't you? Well, there's no good grammatical reasons as well as contextual reasons from other parts of the Gospel of John and other books of the Bible for why the Christian church has never accepted this teaching as truth. Mm -mm. We believe Jesus. We believe the Trinity can do anything it wants to do. Anything. Amen? You know, in uh, John chapter 20, verse 28, Thomas had a confrontation with Jesus. You know, Thomas said, I'm not going to believe he's risen from the dead until I see the, the scars in his hands and in his feet. And when Jesus appeared to him, he, he ordered Thomas. He ordered him. Stick your fingers. You, you said it, Thomas. Now do it. He made Thomas. And, and you know what? Thomas' response was good. He said to him, listen to these words. He didn't just say, my Lord, my Lord. He, he didn't just respond to the revelation that this is Jesus Christ by saying, my Lord. He said, my Lord and my God. My Lord and my God. Because Thomas, he, 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 the, the void had been pierced. He knew the truth. No one would ever take it from him. Jesus was merciful to Thomas. But Thomas blurted out this divine truth. My Lord and my God. That's what the revelation meant to him. And it's what it means to us. Can you say amen? Pay close attention to this. Listen to this now. This is going to be where I need the help of the Holy Spirit, but he's here. Just accept that. Amen. He's here. He will help us, right? Watch this. Before he became flesh, before Jesus became flesh, he was the Word, right? In the beginning was the Word, right? So before he became flesh, John called him the Word, right? In John 1, in the beginning was the Word, capital W, and the Word was with God and the Word was God. Can you say amen? Amen, all right? Now, why, and I, and I, I got looking at this, I wanted to know, in, in this, in, and I'm not being rude, God didn't get mad at me about this. I said, come on, Father, why'd you call him the Word? Do you think you know every reason why he called him the Word? I don't know every reason. If, if you know every reason, you're better than me, you're smarter than I am, right? But I ask myself sometimes, I look at the things Jesus did, and I said, why couldn't he have been a different word in our vocabulary besides the Word? So I began, to, I began to look at this. One way to answer this is to ponder what he might have been called and why this would have been inadequate in relationship 
to the Word. There ain't no other word better than the Word. Listen to me. For example, <clears throat> how many of you know that Jesus Christ did many great deeds in his lifetime? Deeds are action, right? Why couldn't he have been called the deed? You know? <clears throat> I, I kind of, I thought, well, why not deed? For example, he might have been called the deed. In beginning was the deed, and the deed was with God, and the deed was God. One of the differences between a deed and the word is that the deed is more ambiguous. If you see me do something, what might you have to ask me about what I did? Why did you do that? If you don't know why I did what I did, and maybe you need to know why I did what I did. I'm your pastor. I don't always do things that everybody understands. And you've got to ask me. Then I can explain myself. But what am I going to use? Words. Right? You're not just going to see what I do. Jesus couldn't be called the deed because we would be asking him to do what the word did for us. Watch this with me. Words capture the meaning of what we do more clearly than deeds themselves do. God did many mighty deeds in history, but he gave a certain priority to the word. One of the reasons, I think, is that he puts a high value on clarity and communication. Listen to this now. Another example is that John might have called him the thought. How many of you believe that God is so powerful that he can create something with a thought? He could. So we'd read, in the beginning was the thought, and the thought was with God, and the thought was God. But one of the differences between a thought and a word is that a word is generally pictured as moving outward from a thinker for the sake of establishing communication. So in other words, if he were a thought, we would have to read his mind. I'm not real good at that. But he's the word. Jesus taught us. The Holy Spirit is not only a comforter, he's a teacher. Amen? So it's the word. One last thing. What if, so we had, we've got um, thought. Amen? What do we got? We've got deed. We've got thought. What else? What else could he have been called? Oh, this is a good one. What if he was the feeling? I got to touch on this one because there's a whole lot of people out there hung up in their feelings. We're not saved by our feelings. Amen? We're not saved by our feelings. Matter of fact, you know what? There are times when, listen to this, we just get buried in our feelings, and that's just dangerous. We're buried in our feelings, but we're creatures of, of feeling. Amen? All right? It would say then, in the beginning was the feeling, and the feeling was with God, and the feeling was God, but the F would be capitalized. <laughs> Why? Because it's Jesus. Amen? So it seems to me that calling Jesus the Word is John's way of emphasizing that the very existence of the Son of God is for the sake. Listen to this. What did God do for us when he sent Jesus? He communicated himself to mankind with the word not feelings not you understand not thought not a deed with he communicated himself to a world how many times have you ever heard it say that jesus existence was a way of saying father this is what it's like to be a man us this is what it's like to be god that's what he communicated the link between god and man 
that's what he was the word for. That's what made him the greatest Christmas gift we've ever had. Right? I hope that helps you understand. Listen to this. One might say in summary, calling Jesus the word implies he is God expressing himself. That's what Jesus is. You know, even, even God told Moses, you can't see me. I can't show myself to you. It'll kill you. But he did put his hand over Moses and pass by, and as he was leaving and lifted his hand, he let Moses see him departing. And what did that do? It scared the children of Israel because Moses came down off the mountain and his face was glowing, right? And it scared the people so bad, and the glow lingered for so long that he'd have to put a sack over his head to talk to people because it was distracting. That was from getting one glimpse of the backside of God. So for us to learn more about him, we were going to need help. We were going to need the word. Amen. Listen to this. So when John says all things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made, means he is God and he is not created. Listen to this again. So when John says all things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made, right? That is saying, listen to this, it's important, it's Christmas, right? It means that the Trinity created everything that's ever going to exist, but, but not them. They have always been and always will be. They're eternal. You know, I liken it this way. You know, there, there, there's the word eternal and there's the word forever. And, and I explain it this way. God is eternal because they have no, the Trinity is eternal because they have no beginning and they will have no end. Forever applies to us. We are created, but God says we'll live forever. So, forever applies to us, eternal applies to the Trinity. The point here seems to underline the seriousness of the world's guilty blindness and the greatness of the world's evil in rejecting Jesus. I need to back up one. The other reason that we talk about Christ this way is that in verse 10, he was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. The point here seems to underline the seriousness of... Watch this. I get to go find it. The point here seems to underline the seriousness of the world's guilty blindness and the greatness of the world's evil in rejecting Jesus. He comes to us as our maker and still the world will not receive him. Now let's go deeper into John chapter 1 verse 4. In him was life and the life was the light of men. All life originates in the word. John chapter 5 verse 21 says the son gives life to whom he will. Hello? <laughs> You know, I love the story in John chapter 11, verse 43. Anybody familiar with the gist of the story? One name will tell you everything. Lazarus. Lazarus. Jesus loved Lazarus, and he loved Martha, and he loved Mary. Two sisters and a brother. He loved them very much, right? And when Lazarus died, when Lazarus died, Jesus was going to go there, and he's going to raise him from the dead. And the disciples said, well, you know, he says uh, Lazarus sleeps. He talks about Lazarus being asleep, right? 
Well, finally, they're working their way that when the disciples went off, well, if he's asleep, somebody can just wake him up. Jesus said clearly, Lazarus is dead. And in this story, Jesus goes there and stands in front of the tomb and he calls Lazarus forth out of the grave. And I'm telling you, it is symbolic of the exact same way that Jesus raises us from the dead. He has called your name. He has raised you from the dead because he is the word that brings life. Amen? Yeah. All right. In other words, he does for us spiritually what he did for Lazarus when he stood before Lazarus' tomb in John chapter 11, verse, verse 43, and said to the dead man, Lazarus, come forth. And how does that life given by Jesus relate to light? We're going to come back to that. I got five takeaways I want to share with you. These, these are truths that were just in these verses of Scripture, and so I want to clarify them for you. And I apologize if I've been vague. First takeaway is, number one, He's Jesus Christ after he's made flesh, Savior and God-anointed King of all. He is Jesus Christ after he has made flesh and, to clarify, Savior and God-anointed King of all. Number two, he is God. He was with God and was God. Amen? Remember that in the Scriptures? Number three, he was called the Word, God in communication, God expressing himself. Point number four, he is creator. All things were made through him, but he himself was not made. He made everything, but he himself is not made. Number five, he is life and light, the living power to see and the all-satisfying splendor to be seen. Now, there's two ways that you can respond to this this morning. Because this is the way it is. This is the way of the world. It's either or. You don't play around with this stuff, Right? You're here today, and you're sitting in this message, and you're, you're in this service, and we sang these songs to God, and we prayed together, and, you know, we, we, we go through these paces, and we look at the Word of God. One response to this message today is people could say, I don't know him, and I don't receive him. Why do I say that? Because in verses 10 and 11, it said he was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. In verse 11, it said he came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. So people could say, I don't know him, and I don't receive him. I don't know him, I don't want him. You can say that. I think that, why do you think it says that you give your life to God? What does God give you? Love, peace, joy. What, what else does he give he gives us the Word of God, and I love that in the King James Version, God gives us, when we come to him, a sound mind. Now listen to me carefully. You know what that means in common layman terms? He gives us sanity. Do you know how many people out there in the world today need sanity? And they need peace of mind? They need it. Why does the Word say that? Because to reject the message of Christ is pure insanity. It's pure insanity. Why in the world would someone make a conscious decision to reject Christ? Because one of the things he gives us when we accept him as a sound mind. 
I don't know about you, but sometimes I need even some mental help. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I do. So ask my wife, you know. She hides nothing. She'll tell you, <laughs> you know. Watch this with me. That, that's part of this message. That was in that first chapter of John, right? You might hear this and say, I don't know him and I don't want to receive him. To me, this is a very frightening thing to say about your maker and your life and your light. At the very least, I plead with people when I get an opportunity to talk to them about Jesus, don't say that. Don't say it. Ponder it. Hide it in your heart for a little while. Think about it. I'll be praying for you. The other response is, now I know him, and now I receive him. That's in verse 12 and 13. But as many as received him to them, he gave the right to become the children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of the blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And that isn't talking about the blood of Christ there. We're, we're all born of blood to an extent. Amen. This is the response I pray for. That people will receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of the lives. 